It is Saturday, July 25th. I'm Ben Dole here with Arya Schwartz. This is Winsider Daily, our first episode here in this 2020 season. We're trying something a little different with with this show here. The goal here is to be a little, little more brief and just casual, catch you up on the games. If you missed them all, we can kind of help keep you up to date. Hopefully, we can be a go-to source for you for that. And if you're locked in for all of them, we want to kind of be able to help add some value there and just kind of fill a little bit of a gap where, you know, there's not a ton of post-game coverage and you can't flip on the TV and radio and listen to a bunch of live stuff the next day. So that's kind of the goal with this. And Arya, it's opening day is finally here. What, uh, you know, just what was your general impressions of, of the day and finally flipping on some live games? It was fun. It was exciting. Like, I woke up really early. I was like a, a kid before Hanukkah, you know? I woke up early. I was all excited for the present that is WNBA basketball. Yeah, we got Seattle 87, New York 71. The Seattle Storm, they get their 2018 championship winning starting lineup back on the floor. And of course, New York with their class full of rookies led by Sabrina Ionescu. They get things off to a start. And I think the obvious starting point is just, hey, we got to see Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird back on the floor and you know for for one game for an opener you know i think i think things look pretty good for seattle i think they're going to be in a pretty good spot to get a, get out to a good start here and more or less pick up where they left off i agree my my one concern and i know the the quick answer is natasha howard uh, a player who really flourished last year just did not look like she was game ready i know she turned up late to the wobble and that's kind of been the story of well, we'll get to that with the fever, but uh, turning up late to the wobble definitely has its effects when it was a short training camp, I, like short in general, just because of how little basketball these players have played of recent, uh, but normal length in typical. But Jewel Lloyd, can we talk about Jewel Lloyd for a second here? She was just fire until she banged up her back, came back, still had some moments, but are we talking about the year of the Lloyd? Yeah, I mean, like uh, to touch on the injury stuff, yeah. Julia left the game, looked like she fell pretty hard on her back. Kia Nurse also left with an ankle injury. And Morgan Tuck was listed as probable, didn't play. Jasmine Jones, also probable, didn't play. But with Julia, she gets to she gets to settle back into a in an ideal role for herself, right? It's you have Bird back there running the show, and she's also such this awesome shooter that she has so much pull away from the ball and, and you have <laughs> you're playing with the MVP again. It's just the, the court just looks so much different for her. And, and I think it, it, what got lost in the shuffle was like, it, I think it's okay to kind of call last year, lost year. I think in hindsight, people may just kind of look, look at the, look at the stat line for the season, but she had that ankle injury. It was tough to get back. And, you know, she kind of can settle into, settle into a good role for herself here to just to just come off screens and give them some scoring. Well, I'll say this. I mean, the Liberty this year are basically the storm last year in the sense of it's a developmental season. You're not expected to pull off any big wins. Yeah, you'll get a you'll do all right. I mean, the storm outkicked the coverage last year, but it was more the main story was with all the injuries they had, the ability to get the development of Mercedes Russell, of Jordan Canna. We keep hearing about this. Jordan Cannell looked amazing. Mercedes Russell was showing off like her range is, is spreading out a little bit more. Uh, the, the Storm are known for being a team that anybody is a threat from deep. And I remember speaking to Mercedes last season about how that's like the next element she wants to work on, which would just be ridiculous for that lineup. And 
once Howard gets back to game shape, I mean, this team is who we thought they were, as we keep saying. And do you want to talk about Ezzy a little bit? Sure. Yeah. And I guess just kind of Seattle's bench in general, you know, Seattle's of Seattle starters, Stewart had played the most at, at 28 minutes. Uh, they didn't have to really stretch, you know, stretch themselves too far in, in game one. And they, they had five, five, ben- uh, Gary Kloppenberg had went five bench players at a time for a few spots there. And yeah, as he made her debut, uh, you know she's she's long she's lean she can move her feet a little bit uh, she had a you know a play uh got switched out onto Ionescu and, and ended up stripping her and that I tweeted that one out and that was fun just to but just to see her out, out there you know as the fourth big kind of her and Crystal Langhorn battling for minutes I think it's a pretty good spot for her to be in to kind of ease in in year one which ties in with what you said about Mercedes Russell let's flip it over to Liberty I mean Everyone's just talking about Sabrina, 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 Sabrina. That's all I saw on Twitter. But I, is it a hot take to say that she didn't, she wasn't the best rookie on the court today? I don't know. I mean, it, like, I don't really think that question is like very interesting. You know, it's because it, it, again, it's just like pushing, you know, the, to where it becomes like this self fulfilling prophecy that people are, I think, a little tempted to do with Sabrina just talking about her all the time. Like Seattle's an aggressive defense. They were going to try to get the ball out of her hands. And I think what people might miss, like they shot six for 28 from three. Like, yeah, that's not good. But if you really want to like get into it, like they're missing once Key and Nurse left the game, they're missing like five of their six best shooters between Nurse, Megan Walker, still in quarantine, and then the, a couple of the players that opted out. Uh, but are we, are we was, that, was that alluding to Jocelyn Willoughby or did you have somebody else? It's yeah, no, I I mean, o- Odom was looking good too. I mean, I, I just think there's it, the main reason I wanted to bring this up was because on Twitter and on the str- on the show, like all we talked about was Sabrina and I would love to give some attention to some of these other young players. Yeah. So on, on Willoughby, I think the interesting thing I, I was, I pretty late in the game, I, I was, I was really started to be excited about her heading into the draft and I kind of thought she was an interesting player for somebody to grab like in that late first round range, which is where she ended up going. And I felt like Phoenix made a mistake, like letting her go. Uh, and Rebecca Loba, I remember like on the draft, she called her a three, four hybrid. And I kind of wondered about the four side of that, you know, she's listed at six foot. So I was like, okay, is like, I kind of want to see, you know, if she can just be physical and just kind of bang a little bit when she needs to, but like, just seeing her up, run up and down with some of those front court players, like absolutely, like she is really strong. She has really long arms. Like she defends really hard. I think she's gonna be talked about as a positive defender. Like, you know, very early in her career, which doesn't happen for a lot of rookies. So yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's somebody to be really excited about. And I think we, um, I guess, kind of <laughs> depending on what you're expecting from New York, you know, you can call it a bright spot, but. You know they're playing Seattle, so like I kind of expected the a lot of what happened results wise, but yeah, I think it was a good start for Willoughby. Let's talk about Clarendon real briefly. I'm a known uh, a known hater for her. That's fine, but she drops twenty. She got to the line a ton, hitting ten of twelve free throws, five for nine on the field goals. Um, she had a great game. I mean, she was out there. She was getting calls. She was getting to the paint. 
it's going to be interesting for me. Can she keep up that energy? Because she was running around like the Energizer Bunny all game. Um, I, I My take is, and I know you might disagree with me. I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me. She's going to put up some great numbers this season just because of the fact that she's one of four vets on this team. And there's just going to be a lot relied on her. And as Walt has talked about, he plans, at least for the foreseeable future, to always have her or Sabrina on the court uh, or together. So she's going to get a lot of minutes, a lot of attention. Uh, she's definitely a capable player, but obviously, look, she's not going to win you a championship or carry your team to the playoffs. Yeah, I th- <laughs> we disagree on that. I, th- I think you're being way too hard on her. Laysha looked good. Like, she played really good. Like, we're keeping an eye on a lot of players, and coaches have brought it up a ton, right, that they don't want to overtax their players too soon. You're trying to be mindful of minutes. Well, I think Laysha is going to be gassed kind of in a good way because she I mean she just has like the slider you know on aggressiveness whatever you want to call it it was like all the way up to 100 like it it was it looked really good in game one just specific to her just constantly attacking looking to get in the lane and when they have some of the the players that did play today and hopefully Megan Walker joins them key nurse gets back quickly when they have a little bit more shooting Leja has some more potent options to kick it out to, but if she's getting to the free throw line and she just finishes well enough at the rim, like, which I, I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's a stretch to think any of that happens. Like, I, I think it was an awesome signing for them. Anything else you want to talk about with the Liberty? With the Liberty. We got, we got a, a Kia Stokes transition spot up three. That was pretty awesome to see, you know, just like, cause like the players yeah. that start to shoot them, right. You usually expect like, you know, there's the moments where they catch it and maybe they hesitate on some of them and don't take it or, you know, they might travel because they overthink it. But it's just like she had, she had taken one or two before that point. But, you know, just like she ran the wing, catch, like fired it like, OK, like that's pretty like that's pretty cool. You know, like to be for that to be your first one. Uh, we've we've heard heard out of New York that they were trying to get her more comfortable and they felt they were they were kind of pleasantly surprised with what they thought her ability was there. And hey, hey, it's not going overboard, but like, it's pretty cool to see that from a, from a, you, you know what she can do on the other end of the floor. So if she's, she's doing that for you. That's pretty, that's huge. Cause they want to play five out. Yeah. I mean, Hey, they're going to have to use that and it's going to have to like that element of her game is going to have to grow. Uh, and it's a long-term goal for this team, I think. But like I said, it's a developmental season for this team. Uh, anything else with Liberty? Yeah. Maybe quickly. Um, Nurse, as mentioned, only ended up playing about nine minutes because of the ankle. Amanda Zowie B got up seven threes, and I think that's huge for her. Like that, that's you know, and, and it should it, it shouldn't be a shock. Like she's been billed as a stretch big all along, right? Like that's that's kind of been the hope that it doesn't have to be every single thing. Like it doesn't have to be the only thing she does, but like I think that's that's kind of one of the headlines, and just to see her looking to get up get up those shots, I think that's. A positive for them you mentioned Liana Odom you know playing the three four like it was kind of it kind of fluid for them you know when she's out there like with Willoughby um, you know I think maybe a little bit of a misnomer almost is we talked about New York or I know I did a little bit like that New York was going to go small right but then like you see it out there you know like Willoughby like I mentioned like how strong how long her arms are Odom in the same way uh, maybe not as as built, but really long, really good athlete. Like they're gonna have a bunch of size with these with these wing players that they're playing. So 
think that's a positive for them. Kylie Shook and Joyner Holmes, the other two rookies, they only played about 10 minutes. Um, uh, I'm, I'm interested with Kylie Shook. I think like I think she's another one that defensively will look pretty good sooner rather than later for them. Uh, and I would like to see her getting up some threes, which I'm sure she's going to do. Uh, the Watching the game, I got more excited about the roster. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it like when you – like when you see it for what it is, it's fun, right? Like we don't see teams like totally reset like this in this dramatic a fashion, right? So it's going to be fun throughout the season to see at all, you know, see each of these players kind of find their way when they when they're all getting these chance these chances at the same time to play, right? Like a lot of these teams, it's like they have one, they have the one rookie, they have maybe two, and they might, and even that that player might not play. So it's just a totally different situation than we're used to seeing. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month. You can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to check out our amazing writing content on winsider.com. Let's talk about the Mercury and the Sparks, a game that started off pretty close, and then the third quarter hit. And when the third quarter hit, the Sparks just freaking ran away with it. Um, I was, I don't know if shock's the right word, but how seamlessly this team flowed as if it really picked up uh, with a chip on their shoulder from the way that last season ended. Got to give a shout-out to Simone Augustus and Neka Gumake. The combination of them did not miss anything at all, all day long. Just cold-blooded, 100% field goal percentage. I mean, Candace Parker looked mid-season form, and, and we obviously always say Candace Parker is kind of like the gauge of how is this team doing. If Candace Parker is doing great, this team's doing great. And I know this season is going to be the season of Chelsea Gray, but I still think there's going to be an element of leveling this team based on Candace Parker. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, it. Yeah, on, on one hand, not having Christy Tolliver, who's your big uh, acquisition, it was a shock to the system because immediately upon seeing that, you know, they were a team that was immediately discussed as as one of the most loaded teams in the league. But yet, they still returned. There, there is something to returning a group of five that that played a played a lot together, and you know that's for one. Where I think Phoenix has some changes that they're kind of trying to feel feel their way through, and and you mentioned Simone, like it was you know you know for for her like it's just good to see that she's healthy, right? Like last year, she just wasn't able to to hit the ground running, and I thought one pretty interesting thing that LA did was they they kind of went small. You know, they threw out like three of, you know, Ruffin, Tia Ruffin Pratt, Simone Augustus, Brittany Sykes, uh, as opposed to playing two bigs together when it wasn't Candace Parker and Neka Gumake together. And that, that was pretty interesting. I think that, that in a way kind of, that was kind of a part that uh, things look pretty, things look good out there for them when they did that. And I, I, I like that they tried it right away. They had Marie Gulich out uh, with an ankle, but. I like that they tried it right away, and I think that it was, it was, uh, it, it was a good move from from Derek Fisher on on day one. Yeah, I'm big fan. Liked everything he did today. I mean, you're talking about the Sparks. You're talking about the team that, in my opinion, showed out the best this uh, today on opening day and kind of sent a message to the league. Um, let's flip it over. Unless you want to talk about anything else with the Sparks, I want to talk about this Mercury team because. I knew we there was going to be some uh, growing pains with them, and it wasn't going to all of a sudden happen. But I think we kind of expected it to work a little bit better. 
Uh, just to recap, Sparks 99, Mercury 76 in the final of that game. I mean, the third quarter, they, they just they weren't scoring, and, and their defense wasn't very good. Like, it, it, those are two, uh, that's a vicious cycle to get caught in, and the game unraveled from there. You know, really big picture. Ultimately, I think I it, we saw good things from Skylar Diggins-Smith and Diana Taurasi, just seeing them on the floor. I mean, Skylar is going to help them so much now. Just having someone that can constantly get in the lane, like that is going to help the rest of their team so much. And Taurasi, like you saw a couple plays where she's driving in there, and it's just it's good to see that because if someone was still struggling with the the back and hamstring issues, they wouldn't be doing that stuff, right? So I think ultimately those two things were most important. But I, <laughs> I think I guess you're getting at you want to talk at, at the other, about the other stuff too. Well, I mean, Brittany Griner, man, like what? It was it was just classic Brittany Griner to me, where, you know, she she early foul she started off looking good, early foul trouble, and then disappeared for the rest of the day. And it's just frustrating for me. Uh, I saw someone tweet this. It was kind of a hot take, kind of a bold take. Uh, somebody was like, the best thing to for Brittany Griner's MVP candidacy was not watching her play for a very long period of time. I don't remember who said that. Props to you for being cold-blooded. But, like, there's something to it. I'm a big fan of Brittany Griner, but then every time I watch her play, I get so frustrated that she's not yeah, watching I, her potential. I didn't, I didn't see that. Like, for today... One Phoenix is trying is going to have to figure out. Last year they were, they were played at one of the slowest paces in the league, so you're able to get down, set it up, throw it in, and they had to right like they didn't have they didn't have, ended up having Tarasi healthy and they didn't have someone like Skyler to just give the ball to and hey, you know create stuff for us and and set everybody up. So they have to decide now that they got a little younger. They're going to play a lot of three guard lineups. You want to run a lot, which you have on one hand, and the other hand is you still have to be a good execution team to get to play through BG in the half court. So I think you saw that on a couple of the plays they're trying to run to get into BG. A couple, they just had a couple bad passes. Some of it was just bad timing, and so some of that's having new teammates. And I think I think this was a pretty good example of them kind of trying the first time they're really trying to balance this, and and it's tough. It's real tough. But again, I mean, this team, you, sp- you spoke on this a little bit in the beginning. This team showed some sparks of what we're going to see, um, pun intended, uh, down the season. But it's going to take time for them to gel. Like, let's let's be real. They're not all of a sudden going to switch it on just because they have these three big names. But it was nice to see Tarasi back. Tarasi one for seven from three, though, was kind of mind-boggling to me. Um, but at least she's willing to hit the paint. Yeah, I mean, the, three, the threes are going to have to fall, and that's what – that was was so magical about her in 2018 was she was just able to get to the basket with such ease because she comes off a screen and right you're absolutely terrified that she's pulling for three and when she kind of tilted more to take more of those threes versus the twos like you know everyone's got to creep out a little bit further and that that opens so much more space so yeah it's the the shots are going to have to fall and and people aren't going to change how they cover immediately but yeah, that they're going to need those shots to fall. And that's that's the other thing they have to figure out too, right? Is how much are you really trying to play through her? You have her take over for stretches versus playing through Skylar, setting up BG. Like, they, you know, they just, they have stuff to figure out. They got a lot to figure out. I mean, looking at this bench, 
there were some highlights. There were some lowlights. Alana Smith didn't have a great game. Shatori Walker Kimbrough, though, props to her. Probably one of the more underrated signings this offseason. Talk to me about your thoughts about this uh, this bench mob. <laughs> well, we disagree on that one, right? Because I just said earlier, I think they really made a mistake by not just keeping Willoughby, which uh, with that tenth pick. Because you think about it, like that's the, that's what they need, right? They need that energy, three four, still respected as a shooter, which I think Willoughby is going to be. You know, they they, they, they got to figure out what they're doing at the forward spot next to Griner. They start Brianna Turner. They had Kiavon off the bench. Neither of those players is going to get guarded. And that's the other thing, too, is you're, you're putting Griner against a stacked deck every time because teams have had years of practice of this now where if they're playing someone that doesn't, it's not a threat to score, you know, you have an easy place to, uh, you know, you have somebody you can ignore and and really focus on sending bodies at Griner. And if Smith is going to be that option, you know, she's got to make shots and the and and to some degree they have to decide how much are you going to give her that opportunity versus try to make it work with them and and it's 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 a really hard question to answer because if your defense isn't going to be better um you know playing one of those bigs instead then yeah i mean you got to find a way to open up the floor the loss of jessica Breland for the season is a huge one in my opinion to this team you know as far as the bench like you mentioned you got to mention Nia Coffee too, who started but only played nine minutes. You know that's another decision they're making. You know Coffee probably has she's kind of the one player who you really trust. Like hey, we can throw this person on some of the best scores in the league, and as as really somebody to um, you know really bother those players with her athleticism and her length. But you know if she isn't going to make shots, and if they aren't going to give her a very long leash, you know it, it's. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's an impossible thing to. It's another one of those impossible things to answer because I don't think you can really find out a lot if this is going to be um, the way they approach that. Want to move on to the fever and the mystics? The most, uh, I don't even know what you call it. <laughs> one of the more entertaining games, I guess, of today. Yeah. So, uh, just the basics off the bat: Washington one hundred and one, Indiana seventy six, Washington. Scored 36 in the first quarter. They're up 10 after one, up 25 at the break. Uh, Kathleen Doyle didn't play for the fever, listed as questionable with an ankle, didn't end up playing. And for and they have Lauren Cox and Erica Wheeler who haven't joined the team yet as well. So off the bat, you know, we're, we're going to, you got to remember that, that Indiana hasn't had two people that are going to be probably a big, pretty big part of their rotation. And then for Washington, Tion Hawkins only played two minutes. And it came out post-game that Mike Tebow had said, I guess her back seized up during warm-ups. And hey, they didn't have a need to, to push her back into the game. So bright side yeah. on that. But yeah, uh, I'm going to guess you were a little surprised with this result. Uh, a little bit. But here's the thing. Going into it, I complete and you know, this is my fault. I completely spaced on the fact that the Fever had half, if not less, of the uh, training camp time that the Mystics had. So I, I kind of got swept up by the Twitter fandom hyping up the Indiana Fever, not realizing, well, also, I mean, McCowan just did not look like, she looked like a shell of her last year, end of the season self. She looked much more like the beginning of the season McCowan that we saw. Um, it's going to take some time to get her in. But yeah, I thought this would be much closer. I did not expect 
uh, Maisha Hines Allen to go off for 27 points, three for four from three. Um, and a plus 30. She was plus 30 this game as a plus minus. Yeah, so we can maybe come back to Indiana uh, because you did make a, a, an important point there, right? Like Indiana's whole team arrived late and they still don't have their full team. Like that's that's probably a pretty that's a that's a pretty big deal when all these teams have had a tough time just ramping up and making sure they're they're ready, even just conditioning wise, let alone, let alone having having 10, 11, 12 bodies. But yeah, Heinz Allen looked great. Uh, you know, I think she shot the three with confidence. I think she made her three makes were all in the first half. But you got to see her in the open floor, right? That was probably the most exciting part, just grab and go or a couple times just facing up, going to the rim. I mean, uh, Heinz Allen's nickname was the Ox, right? I mean, you just, you just saw that strength, that sheer strength when she puts it on the floor and really just like totally knocks people back when they try to stay with her. Oh, she's she's uh, she's a freak of nature. Like she has the size, but such athleticism too and such a good bounce to her. Um She's a player who I was hyped up in her rookie year. She didn't get to see much time last year. But honestly, I mean, when we're talking about Washington, to me, it looked like a team who's been reading all the press about them ever since Deladon and Tina uh, were announced, and I should say Cloud also, that they weren't going to be there and that Christy Tolliver's not with the team anymore. I mean, you had a, a plethora of players here who were on the roster last year who were saying to, to the crowd, you know, hey, what about us? We were on this championship team and we're part of the reason they won a championship and they're fighting to prove that. And they just came out firing. I will say though, the fourth quarter was rough to watch until like the last two minutes, I'd say uh, when they scored what two, four, five points in the, in the whole fourth quarter, they obviously came back to earth, but I mean, they could have not played at all the whole fourth quarter and still won. It was a blowout. Yeah. The game was over at that. It's don't get hurt territory, especially for them with, with 10 players right now. And you had, you had Hawkins, who ended up not coming back in, you know, elsewhere on Washington, you know, Emma Meesman, you know, looked pretty good. Uh, obviously she's going to be that expected go-to scorer, especially in, in closer games. That'll be fun to see that from her, but 14 points, seven to 13 from her. Ariel Powers and Ariel Atkins got you in double digits. You know, I think people obviously expected those two to produce as well. Leilani Mitchell made her debut 25 minutes. I thought Kiera Leslie, it was interesting to see her make her make her debut after the knee surgery last year. I thought she had some good moments defensively. You know, she's kind of build build as a, a little bit of a three and D player. So I think there are some good moments there, and it's just good to see that she can finally get on the court. Washington was just fun to watch. Also, it was great to see Essence Carson back on the court. Um Ariel Powers is just letting it fly. No fear there. Ariel Atkins. I mean this is going to be a fun team and it's going to be exciting because we're talking about a lot of players who definitely didn't get the attention, but I want to cause some caution to everybody around the league who is talking about, Oh, you know, they're going to surprise some teams this year. Yeah. They're going to surprise some teams, but also like we were talking about before, maybe we can flip back over to the fever. We're talking about a team that's missing key players and also had half the training camp. So like, and they were one of the worst teams in the league last season. So let's not freak out and think, this Washington Mystics are going to defend the crown with like some crazy amount of fight that we haven't seen before. Like this, that this, you know, we, they are who we thought they are. They're going to show up that yes, they outplayed what we thought today, but this doesn't make me all of a sudden think this is a team that's going to run the gambit. Yeah. The Mystics are going to be competitive this year and they, they return a lot of players. 
that that are have familiarity in their system. Even Leilani Mitchell, you know, she's played for Mike Tebow before. So, and with Indiana, again, like I'll reiterate, I'm glad you brought that up. I hadn't uh, written that down to bring it up in the show in, in my notes, even though, of course, I, I did know that. But yeah, that's that's important to uh, not go overboard overreacting to Indiana. And at the same time, I think Indiana was a popular, hey, they're going to make some big leap. And, and I got to say, like, they really pulled the wool over people's eyes with this stuff of like, hey, we won four out of six down the stretch. And it's like, yeah, three of those four, you beat, you know, the, that limited Seattle team. Uh, you beat New York and I'm sorry, basically a tank off, right? And then you beat Connecticut on the final day mm-hmm. of the year when Connecticut had nothing to play for. They didn't, they weren't, <laughs> you know, they were just, they were in cruise control, just don't get hurt mode. So the, I think, I think the outlook on Indiana was a little flawed from the start. And, you know, one thing, one thing I will say is like for people that had that vision for them, like, I think they're going to be pretty rough defensively. Like people made a lot of jokes that joking that New York's going to be pretty bad. And like I mentioned, like all the size and athleticism they have on the wing, which probably got overlooked. I, I, I think uh, Indiana, I think that's the that's the thing you're worried about most coming away. Talk to me about Kelsey Mitchell, though. Drops a nice a nice little a little pocket change in this game. Um, do you think, you know, there's been a lot of hate. She was a high draft pick. Do you think that she's the type of player who can finally start to be making the the positive strides that I mean, I, I I should have asked you before this episode what your feelings are on her, but you know, I I'm not one to uh to be shy about being critical of her in the past. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I haven't wavered. Like, yeah, if you want to go back and do a redraft, you know, and you want to point to you know wishing they had taken Diamond to Shields instead or whatever, like, yeah, you can you can do that and get into that. But like, they have Kelsey Mitchell right now, and they have a new coach. Like, they have to decide what they want to do with her. And, you know, I think the way she's, it's kind of one of the things I've been, and been critical was critical of with them really is just like, I think you have to live with some growing pains, but Kelsey Mitchell can do things on the court that just like, there aren't a lot of players in the league that can replicate that the way she shoots the three off the dribble. And she is so fast, like, like very early in the game, she's coming down right wing. Ariel Atkins is on her. She gives a she gives just sl- the slightest fake and Atkins bites on it. Like everyone is terrified that she's gonna pull a three on him. There just aren't players that can do that like that frequently. But you know you have to take a pretty specific approach to let that let that player do those things all the time if you're really gonna do that. And you know today they gave Julie Alamon the start at point guard. So if you're kind of gonna have Kelsey Mitchell in this traditional little bit of a traditional two guard off guard role, you're kind of putting a cap on that ceiling. Oh, totally. What what was your thought about Tierra McCowan not starting? Yeah, I haven't had a chance to see to catch up and see if anyone put anything out post game on that yet. Um you know, like my like my opinion and like watching the game, like McCowan is not ready to defend a team like Washington. You know, like she just can't she just really struggles when she has to cover a lot of ground, whether it's getting across the lane fast enough to help, uh, showing on a drive, getting back to her own, pick and roll, like there's a trip at the end of one of the quarters. She's guarding Emma Mieseman. Emma sets a screen and just runs out to the corner. 
you know, like she, she can't chase a player like Emma doing stuff like that. So, I, I, you know, in some of these matchups where teams are really able to spread it out, she's really going to struggle. And so I don't know if the, how much that played into it. Maybe it was a conditioning thing. Um, and just, I don't know. So <laughs> it's, it's, I've been, I've been pretty vocal about this, but when uh, Stanley had her intro press conference and was talking about her excitement about this team, I think a lot of people fell for this, but she spoke at length about how she saw similarities between this team and what DC was able to do and blah, blah, blah. And I just kept thinking like, what are you talking about? You had Elena Deladon, the greatest basketball player in the world. And then you had like a lesser clone of that Emma Miesemann who like, and I don't mean that as an insult. Um, and, Indiana does not have anybody who plays like that. Like what, where, like what tea are you drinking that I can get some? Well, and one interesting thing from McCowan, again, it's just one game, but she, they also like weren't posting her up, you know? So she's, she's doing dribble handoffs. She's setting screens, but you know, the, all the other bigs are posting up, but it's like, they weren't even when McCowan was out there, they weren't, they weren't really concentrated on trying to play through her. So that was a little strange, but, yeah, I mean, Carolyn Peck, like, brought up, a, she made a good point on the broadcast, like, with Indiana, who's your number one, right? Who's your main option? And I think that's the thing. If you really try to answer that, I really wonder how many people can say, like, oh, yeah, this is definitely a playoff team. They're, they're still figuring that out. Yeah, no, it's going to take some time. I do not see them. I have not at one point said they're going to make the playoffs. I do not expect them to. Uh, sounds like you're fine giving them a little bit of, uh, they might be in the bottom four again. Yeah, yeah, I mean, barring barring injuries and just an amazing, you know, gelling and coming together. You know, again, Erica Wheeler and Lauren Cox, they are two of the top players in your rotation. And you would hope that Cox can really boost your defense. Cause as we saw, like, you know, they just don't, they just don't have anybody to throw on it. I mean, Miesemann, yeah, that's tough. But even, I mean, even Heinz Allen was just really abusing them. They just, um, so, you know, Cox is, you know, again, if you're going to take her where you took her, like you would hope that she's going to be showing flashes of being that, that player that can guard some of these top forwards. I mean, it's going to be a while before uh, the fever get back to kind of what the uh, the narrative has been for this team so far this offseason. There's been a lot of hype, uh, and they have not been living up to it. Obviously, it's one game. But, I mean, what are we supposed to judge it on other than that? Uh, what else do you want to talk about in this game? Are we Are we through with this game? I don't think I have a ton other than that. You know, we're off to a great start timing-wise, right? We're saying 20-minute shows and we went over. Yeah. But, hey, yeah. hopefully people, hopefully that's a good thing for people. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'll say this. I got a few final points on the show. But, yeah, we went over. It's opening weekend. We're going to go over on this one. We got a lot to talk about. We haven't been able to talk about actual basketball in who knows how long because I don't do the math of how long this offseason was. But I'm just going to say it. Maisha Hines-Allen's win an MVP this season. Uh, no one's going to be able to stop her. She is the hybrid. Uh, she's got the build. She's got the athleticism. She's got the jump. Furthermore, I'm selling all Indiana stock that I bought. My fantasy basketball team is going to be in trouble. I should not have picked uh, Tierra McCowan as a start, as like my number two pick. Like what? And also, I'm just putting money down in Vegas. The LA Sparks are winning it all. Wow. I mean, I did kind of, we did kind of talk about giving some, um, giving some overreactions or trying to have some fun with that. Uh, you definitely gave at least one right there. <laughs> Which one? That's the real question. 
Yeah, I'll leave that up to debate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the funny thing with Heinz Allen, too, like you mentioned fantasy, I don't play. So I don't have a good, like, calculation in my brain of, you know, how scoring is weighted in the different categories. But yeah, I mean, Heinz Allen, I think, might be a fantasy monster this year just because, hey, she can she can drive it. And she's in a system that's very conducive to what she can do, right? She has this great opportunity because she's going to play in space and have the freedom to do stuff. Like, yeah, you get the rebound, you just go and you attack. Um, so that that's that's going to be really fun. I guess my kind of one thing is, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little worried about Indiana's defense from the perspective of thinking that they might, that they might, uh, really surprise people and kind of jump, you know, into like the five or six range. Like if that's the thinking, like, I don't know if that, I don't think their defense will be there to get them there. Yeah, no, I I don't. I mean, they're going to, they're going to hope that they can just run it and gun it and put up enough offensively that they're going to win, which is hilarious that they played the mystics where coach T after the announcement of, you know, the whole roster, what the roster was going to be, jokingly said yeah i mean maybe our i got worries about our defense when we're going up against traditional bigs or or like i'm worried about our size they went up against obviously a youngster but like jeremy cowan is a big is a bigs big and they were able to handle her and they handled her beautifully i mean great game by the mystics great game planning it worked out easily for them and they just were hitting shots and if a team's hitting shots i mean there are so many heat checks where if this was nba jams the whole team was on fire. Yeah, so that was, that was fun. The uh, the champs came out and performed on opening day. And uh, if I had one closing thought here, I would circle back to Simone Augustus. Like I genuinely, you know, that was just genuinely fun to see. It's good to see her healthy enough to have a role right off the bat. And I'm I'm interested to see if this continues, where they're able to to go small a little bit if they want to, if it works and. And whatnot, but that was that was pretty interesting to me on day one. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Probably the biggest surprise, I guess. No, all right. Besides Maisha, biggest surprise had to be Simone Augustus looking good, looking a lot younger than we've seen her even in the past two years. Like people only really talk about last year. I'll go two years back. Um, it's just nice to see her looking lighter, looking better on her feet, uh, and obviously the knee is not bothering her as much. This is a great first episode, Ben. That's about it. Looking forward to looking forward to Sunday. See these other six teams.